What's happening, everyone? Welcome to the very first episode of the Dirty Brawlers podcast. Today, we're going to talk about UFC 235, the preview, the title fights, the storylines, everything about Saturday night here on the show. Roger Romo checks into the Dirty Brawlers podcast to talk about his experiences with world champions, training, sparring, doing all of that good stuff. And of course, we're going to talk a little bit about Mikey Garcia and Errol Spence, a full menu for the first episode of the show. Ladies, gentlemen, you do not want to miss this. Here we go. Finally, after weeks of preparation, it's here. The Dirty Brawlers podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this very first episode. It is an absolute honor. It is a pleasure to be speaking to you again. Doing this that I love the most, speaking into a microphone about sports, particularly here, talking about fighting. If you guys do not know who I am, my name is Alex Perez. I hosted other podcasts before. Uh, I am a video editor. I am an audio editor. I'm a podcaster. I'm a student. I do a lot of stuff. And one of my biggest passions is fighting. Not necessarily with gloves on, but I love to watch fights. And, uh, well, that's what we're going to talk about today. That's what we're going to talk about bi-weekly, every Wednesday, uh, you guys can catch this podcast on Anchor soon. We'll have it on Apple Podcasts. We'll have it on Google Play. And uh, just to give you guys a bit of a taste before we actually dive into the to the show today, we're going to have a lot of MMA. We're going to have a lot of boxing. We're even going to have some pro wrestling. Uh, so if you guys enjoy all those things, then this is definitely the place for you. If you, if you like to listen to to just people talking about about fighting or whatever this is the place for you subscribe to the show follow the show follow us on twitter at dirty brawlers on twitter on instagram i'm working on the facebook page so uh i don't know if it'll be ready by the time this goes up if it is uh facebook.com slash dirty brawlers and if it's not well look out for it but uh yeah how about we get started ufc 235 this is going to be a hell of a card, but I can't do this by myself. I need some people. I need some backup. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go. <laughs> UFC 235 is going down this weekend. We have Mike Strauss and Miguel Ocampo joining the Dirty Brawlers podcast for the first time ever. Guys, thank you for being here. Let's fucking talk some MMA because that that's what you guys know how to do best, right? I think so. I like listening to Mike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mike is he, he's the OG of this MMA shit. He, uh, if you guys don't know, which you probably should, Mike is a writer. He hosts his own podcast. He's on YouTube. He does interviews. He does all this shit. Um, cool ass dude. And then obviously, well, Miguel, big MMA fan, big boxing fan, just like me. So uh, I think we make a pretty pretty good team. Good dynamic here uh, with uh, expert and two big fans, right? Yes, sir. So. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's start off with our biggest storylines heading into Saturday night. I'm going to start off with you, Mike. What do you think is or what are you looking out for the most uh, UFC 235? Um, well, I think the the big one, right, is John Jones versus Anthony Smith. Can, can Anthony Smith, can the journeyman who's been doing this for – 
over a decade kind of never really had his his title shot on a big stage you know he finally gets it after all this time i might add he's a super cool guy i've had a chance to speak with him a few times before well i should say as he was making this run i spoke to him uh, most recently before his last fight and he just even then he was talking about this john jones fight like you know if he could stay on this run just a super cool guy man i'm happy for him but the big story is can he get it done and i i don't know man I, I mean, I'm sure we'll make picks later. That's a monumental thing. He's he's you know he's being asked to do there, but that's the big storyline. Other than that, man, Ben Askren, he's making his debut. That's big. That's big time. You know, uh, can Ben Askren can can his 18 and 0 record? Is it really? Is it a legit 18 and 0? You know, we're gonna find out because Robbie Lawler's no joke. So I think those are the big two. All right, Miguel, what do you think? Uh, for me, just a little, I guess. The same thing, but just reverse. I'm actually really much looking forward to how Ben Askren takes on the UFC. I mean, this guy is—he's proven he's undefeated. But uh, come on, man, you can't—you can't forget about Robbie Lawler. So, most, that's first and foremost. But I also—I am interested just because, uh, like uh, Mike mentioned, Smith has been on his—he's uh, been around for a while, even though he—he's only reached the spotlight recently. Uh, John Jones with with this much activity. When was the last time he got such a quick turnaround? You know, and how he's willing to deal with all the pressure on him on the picogram and all that other stuff. So I know he has some pressure on him now. So I'd be interested to see how that deals with or how he deals with that. Um, also, something that I caught from Anthony Smith is that I don't see the uh, the height of this event really getting to him. Really, I think he's really down to earth. I think he's really he's he deals with what's in front of him, so that's pretty interesting. But yeah, Ben Askren, Ben Askren is is for sure what what's gonna be having me at the edge of my seat on Saturday. Yeah, that's a fact because uh, you know people, at least some people, are trying to downplay what Ben Askren is for MMA, and some people are saying that uh, he's not really a big deal. I think he's a pretty big deal. But uh, to add to your guys' storylines. Something that I'm personally looking out for is Cody Garbrandt. How is he going to look uh, in his return fight? When was the last time he fought? August? Yeah, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been a while. It's yeah, been a while. Two TJ fights. Yeah, back-to-back oh, losses. And uh, I just want to see how he can deal with this type of pressure. He's the, These were his first two losses as a professional MMA fighter. Um and I, I, I want to see has he added anything to his to his arsenal? Is he still going to rely on the on the big power shots? What's going to happen if he gets taken down by Pedro Munoz? So that's going to be very interesting for at least for me. I think Cody Garbrandt's a good fighter. He's mm-hmm. a he, he's a meathead. He's a knucklehead. He's, he's you know he's not very yeah. smart. But I I like seeing him fight. Uh, he has he, he's very crisp with his combinations. But I just want to see has he added anything since August. Uh, I think most importantly also yeah. how, how he can deal with a loss because mm-hmm. has he really been, you know, he lost his first fight against TJ. Um, as you can see, he did look, he did go into that second contest a little, I guess I get, I saw some stiffness. Uh, he kind of let the moment get to him a little bit. Also, I think he was a little tense. He wasn't as fluid with his hands. And uh, I mean, before the TJ, before the TJ, the initial TJ loss, uh, he went into every fight with a lot of confidence. I don't know if he went in with that same confidence into the second TJ fight, and I don't know if he's going to go in 
to this next contest with that same confidence that he used to have. That's so, the thing, yeah, those, too. Those oh. are good points. Those, no, those are really, really good points, too. And I wanted the point I wanted to piggyback, too, off a point that uh, he had made earlier is uh, the last time John Jones had this quick of a turnaround, man, check this out, 2013. That's the last time he had he fought in April and then again in September. That's the last time he's fought within five months. That's crazy. It's 2013. That's... that's that's, that's not. That's, no, that's yeah. definitely you play a factor, man. That's a good point. That is huge. That uh, that definitely is. So that's definitely some, something to look out for. And then uh, going back to what uh, Miguel was saying about Cody Garbrandt. Thanks for that stat, Mike. Um, he did look really stiff. He looked nervous. He 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 looked like he didn't want to pull the trigger. So um, that adds to my storyline. I and and another question that I have is he going to be aware enough to to know when to finish off the fight if it ever gets to that instance and if it doesn't if he for some reason can't get pedro muñoz out of there if the fight leads to that what can he do can he win a decision like he did against dominic cruz i think the fight against dominic cruz not making any excuses for dominic uh but that was just a perfect night for cody and a not so great night for dominic cruz that's how i see it at least yeah, go ahead. Pedro Munoz is no joke, dude. He, he, I mean, this is no, I mean, there's no easy fights in the UFC, but there, I think we could all agree that if a guy's coming off of a loss or two, there is beneficial matchmaking that you can kind of give a fighter, you know, a favorable yeah. matchup. Yeah. This is not one of those cases, man. Pedro Munoz is a badass dude. Um, he He's legit, dude. So this is a tough fight for, this is a tough fight for Cody. Well, and something I actually wanted to get your opinion on, both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, last time that we saw Woodley, you know, we kind of stepped over the Woodley-Usman fight. Yeah. But um, the last time Woodley fought somebody that was so intensive on the ground, which was uh, Damian Maya, he was able to stuff absolutely, well, I think the, a very high percentage, if not 100% of uh, Damian Maya's takedowns. However, that fight, uh, you know, Maya, Maya was criticized afterwards for not being able to mix it up. He didn't uh, use his striking at all. And if he did, it was just that left hand, um, which made it so, which made his approach so one-dimensional. And with somebody like Usman that actually mixes it up a little bit before shooting for his single or for his double uh, and a very high-pressure fighter, how do you think he's going to deal with it differently if he's going to deal with it differently? Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be able to, honestly, man. Um, Usman's a tough – he's a tough out. But, you know, I don't know if you guys watch the uh, the the countdown shows, the UFC 235. You know, every mm-hmm. pay-per-view they do a countdown yeah. show. I, I watched it. I caught it earlier today. And I think that Woodley made a good point that's kind of being overlooked is you know, one of Usman's strength is his wrestling. And um, he kind of uses it in reverse to keep it keep it the fight standing now because he's fallen in love with his boxing. But he he takes the fight down to a, to the ground a lot and controls and kind of kabibs it, but not to that level, right? But the point that Woodley made was Usman is a Division Two champion. That's that's great, and there's a lot of accomplishment, and then he's not taking anything away from that. Woodley is a Division One, and what, the Division One and Two is night and day. You know, you, it's apples to oranges. It's not even the same sport. So. Usman's been able to dominate this thus far in his career, but he's facing a guy that I believe that he's just never seen anything like in Woodley. I think that Woodley is, uh, I think that Woodley is one of those guys that isn't going to truly fully be appreciated until he's gone. 
you know, because what he's doing right now, people, and it took me a while too to get on the bandwagon because I don't know, whatever it is, he's not a super likable guy. Right. But, but once you're there, you really, you realize, wow, he really is a complete champion. He really is a complete martial artist. And he, he is, he's good, man. He, Woodley's very good. And I don't, I don't, I don't see how Usman can beat him in, in any facet of the game. I don't know. Am I missing something guys? Mm, no, I think you read all my notes, Mike, because I was <laughs> I had the same exact thoughts about Tyron Woodley. I learned my lesson. I'm not going to doubt him anymore. I'm not going to pick against him I anymore. I do agree with uh, I do agree with Mike greatly, and especially in this particular matchup. Uh, I don't want to dive too into it unless we're going into the fights. Completely no, not uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep it for the end. We'll talk about the prelims okay. a bit. But go, go no, ahead, but uh, to be brief, I just think that uh, I agree with with Mike. Uh, when he fought Till in his last contest, although I did like what I saw in Till and I did like the uh, the show that he would bring, I, I you know there was something about it that you can't really over you can't really buy into the hype against somebody like Woodley because he was he was already well established in my mind and didn't have to be the most likable guy to to recognize how how much of a I guess how much how alone he's really been up there in in that number one spot in the welterweight division. Yeah, that is a fact. Tyron Woodley, uh, I think he's going to be a champion for as long as he wants to be. All right, guys, let's take a look at the prelims. Uh, anything that sticks out, any fight that you guys are particularly looking at and saying, okay, I'll, I'll fucking watch this. Miguel, let's start off with you. What do you think? Uh, I think the very obvious one, at least from my eyes, is definitely Jeremy Stevens against Zabit. I think this is going to be... This is a really, it's kind of a bit of a toss-up for me, just because, you know, Jeremy Stevens has been around for a while. He has some really heavy hands. Um, he likes to get in, get in your face, but is he is he going to be able to really get inside on a guy that's that really relies on his reach and Zabit? And Zabit, you know, he's being tailored, he's being treated uh, a little nicer. They're they're trying to make him climb up the rankings. I believe after this. Um, he'd be in a spot where he'd be one fight away from somewhat of a title shot if Max decides to stay in that division. So I think this one, this fight in particular, is really, uh, really deserving of that main card. But I understand how promotion works and how they need a, a really good main event for the prelims. But I think this this contest is really, it's in the, uh, it really well can be in the main event card. Yeah, for sure, Mike. What do you think about this prelim card? The prelim card, the four the four fight prelim card that that I think ESPN is going to have, mm-hmm. is is great. I mean, it really is. It's great from top to bottom. As um, Miguel mentioned, this could easily the the Stevens and Zabit matchup could easily be on the, the main card. But as he mentioned, the reason why is because ESPN, you know, is like, hey, we you know give us a good main event for our you know. Nah, nah, nah. That's why they draw almost two million views though, but which is huge. And I bet you, if you were to ask these guys competing, uh, a lot of the guys that I do ask, hey, are you upset that you're on? this they're cool with being on that man because espn is a huge platform and they're getting two million hits which is far more most of the time than these pay-per-views are so they don't mind it so to, to piggyback off miguel's point jeremy stevens a beat that that is a tremendous matchup and I know that Zabit is the flavor of the of the week, you know, and he's for, and I'm not taking any away from him. he he is a killer, right? But 
let's just note here that this is a big, big jump up in competition for Zabit. I mean, oh, it yeah. is the the last the last guy that Zabit fought is probably the toughest guy that he fought. That's Brandon Davis. Maybe you could argue before that uh, Kyle Bochniak. But it, exactly those names, Brandon Davis, Kyle Bochniak. A lot of guys are probably like who you know. A lot of hardcore guys you know who I'm talking about. But the casuals are like who exactly? Jeremy Stevens is a massive step up in competition for Zabit. So I think that that is something to keep an eye out for because um, Jeremy Stevens is just a killer man. Every single punch he throws, he throws to knock somebody out. So it's going to be interesting, man. Uh, also, the uh, Misha Serkinov Johnny Walker fight, dude. Dude, that Johnny Walker kid, he just competed in Brazil not too long ago, and he had another highlight reel knockout. That kid's special. Uh, Misha Serkinov is a super tough grappler, so that's going to be interesting to see if, uh, if you know, Johnny Walker can continue this amazing rise that he has. Uh, it's really crazy. Have you guys seen this guy, this kid, Johnny Walker? Not too I familiar think it was a 15 with 15-second knockout, right? Yeah, it was, it was something, quick, something crazy. Like yeah, yeah. And then the fight before that too, he had a. Uh, it was like two in a row. The Justin Ledet fight, he uh, 15 seconds spinning back fist, and then the fight before that, the spinning back elbow against Khalil Roundtree. I mean, this kid's crazy. So that's another fight to keep an eye out for in the prelims. And if I'm not mistaken, is he stepping into this fight, or did he step into that last fight? Oh, uh, Walker. Yeah. I think Walker's stepping into this. I don't know if this was officially the. Uh, I don't know if this was the first fight that was booked or not. He's. I think he stepped in, but um, I think they were making a deal about it because it was such a quick turnaround from his last fight. Yeah, it is a quick turnaround. A couple weeks. Yeah, but you know he. I mean, it won 15 seconds, and he didn't take one single yeah. blow. So you know what I mean? What are they? You know, yeah. people will, nowadays people will find a reason to cry about anything, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, I am looking at his 15 second knockout. Uh, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> check, check, check out the one before that. Check out the the Khalil Roundtree knockout. That is even more spectacular. But okay. this guy's confidence is just riding high at the moment. So, oh my god, mm-hmm. you put him and, in there, and you put him in there against DC, oh. and he'll probably think the same thing right now. Uh, no, I mean DC's a <laughs> DC's a whole other animal, right? Yeah, no, no, no. DC is at the top of the game. I was just exaggerating a little bit. And then also on the prelims too, Cody Stamen, he's fighting Alejandro Perez. That's a great fight. And then uh, Diego Sanchez fighting Mickey Gall. So I mean, all four of those fights on ESPN. Yeah. That's a really solid prelim. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And I am actually looking at one of your tweets, Mike, and uh, you said uh, UFC two thirty five prelims are better than most main cards, or you you were referring to UFC prelims as a whole. To which uh, I want to say at least for two thirty five, maybe not better, but that's good for a free mm-hmm. card. Essentially, um, it's a damn good card, and we just went through it, and we are pretty I'm, excited. You guys, I'm actually interested. In, yeah, uh, go ahead. I'm interested in uh, in Mickey and how Mickey Gall's gonna perform now because mm-hmm. uh, you know mm-hmm. you can tell the UFC is really trying to get him back on that on that winning record, and uh, you know Diego Sanchez is is he's a veteran, you know, so he's he's gonna be in there with somebody that has that has a lot of experience. Yeah, yeah, I, I like Mickey Gall. I think the kid's talented. I like his mouthpiece. I think he's training with the right people. He's been training with the Diaz brothers. He's been training with Joe Schilling. And, uh, yeah, man, I think that kid, if, if he continues the way that he's going, I think that he has a lot of potential in that division too. But, you know, Diego Sanchez is a guy that you really got to, you, you know, he's going to have to come with his A game because that dude, you need to run him over with a car twice. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, he's a fucking psycho. Just his demeanor is it, it's psychotic. I don't even. I I I would be terrified, but then again, I'm not a fighter, so uh, good fucking card though. Real good fucking card. Anyway, main card. Let's talk about that. We already touched a little bit on the uh, on the title fights and all that. Do you guys want to go into the title fights, or do you want to talk about the? Uh, well, I mean, we talked about Cody Garbrandt. Well, the uh, first fight is and, uh, Cody and Pedro Munoz. Yes, right? yeah. So we can mm-hmm. kind of yep. touch on that, but uh, I think we should talk about Ben Askren and Robbie Lawler. We we talked about Ben Askren and his debut, but uh, what do you guys think of the matchup? It's an interesting matchup, man. You know, you have a guy in Ben Askren who it's no secret what he wants to do, right? He wants to make it dirty. He wants to grapple. He wants to get the fight to the ground. And you have a guy in Robbie Lawler who wants to keep the fight standing. And he's coming off of uh, kind of an ugly loss against RDA, you know, when RDA kind of beat him up a little bit on Big Fox. So, you know, I don't know, man. This is an interesting fight. Are we going to be able to to finally see what Askren can do on the big stage, or are we going to get that Robbie Lawler of six years ago, that just straight killer that was knocking everybody out? I, It's going to be crazy. I, for one, think I lean towards probably Askren in this, but I don't know. I'm not making my pick yet. <laughs> Smart. Miguel, what do you think about this That's matchup, right. this, this, this Ben uh, Askren debut? A, I believe it's uh, it's – Contrary to what Ben actually thinks, I think that they tailored this fight a little bit for Ben Askren. You know, just be, you know, he does have a really strong uh, stand-up game, but then again, can he really release what he likes to release without worrying about the takedown too much? Because that plays a big factor in in Robbie's attack. So you know, with Ben Askren, you I, you know he's going to be extremely paranoid on the on the wrestling of Ben Askren. And Ben Askren also, can he really deal with somebody hit, punching him as hard as Robbie Robbie will? Because, I mean, how when was the last time that he fought? You know, getting punched in the face is I'm sure it's it's something else. You know, it's not it's not it's not going to be as the same. When was the I don't know, Alex? Do you have the exact date of the last time Ben Askren fought? Had to be. It was uh, uh, 2017, 2017 November. Okay, that's a lot. And what was the last time uh, Robbie Lawler fought? Was it that? Uh, that's a little bit tougher. I want to say that was December 2017. So they're pretty much yeah. the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, Robbie Lawler. Yeah, you're right. December. That's gonna factor in. Yeah, but that that definitely is gonna factor in at least a little bit, especially with this. Just how uh, Mike mentioned earlier, how Zabit is going very high up in competition, and Jeremy Stevens. Uh, ben Ben is also doing the same thing, because Robbie Lawler. Let's not forget. Obviously, he's been a champion, and overall, he's still a solid guy. He's not that old either. He's like what, thirty six or thirty four? I don't know. In UFC, that's not that's not too old, you know. So mm-hmm. he's got to worry about his power a lot. But then again, can Robbie really count on his power without being too worried about the takedown? Yeah, those are all good points. Uh, the, I knew that the um, the uh, point about Askren having fought the level of competition. I agree he hasn't fought the level of competition that he's going to see in the UFC, but he has fought um, when he was in Bellator. He has fought like Andre Koroshkov, Douglas Lima. So he has had a significant step up in competition, but I totally agree with you. There's there's a step up even from there that he hasn't seen that he's going to for the first time. So that definitely plays a factor. And I know that these guys see like he's he trains with Tyron Woodley. They're good friends and they train for this camp together. So 
he's seen high level guys, but it's one thing to see him in the gym and it's one thing to see him in, in the cage when the door is closed. So I don't know, man, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, and, uh, Ben Askren, I got to say his, his, some of his antics, I'm not talking so much about the fight now, about, about his, uh, his, his fight, but, uh, his antics kind of, I don't know. He just doesn't give a fuck. He really doesn't. No, he's. I. I love it. Honestly, I love yeah. listening to him. He's hilarious. Yeah, he's. Yeah. He, he's funny. I feel like at times he tries to be a little bit like Chael's son, and he even uses the same lingo as Chael here and there. <laughs> but I think Ben Askren is doing a very good job in um in really putting out his name and making people recognize him. And now, especially that he's gonna make his debut in in the UFC on pay per view. Which is it, it? It's pretty big. Not everyone gets de- debut in in that company on a pay per view card with two world title fights. So um, I think Ben Askren is put. He, he was put in a great position. Whether everyone says that Dana and and, and Ben have beef or whatever, I think that Ben has a pretty good spot, and he's no, you know. And yeah. I actually really like uh, something. I really like about Ben is that he has. I almost feel like he has a psychological edge over his opponents just because he's so honest with himself. He's so honest yeah. with them also. He almost has the same, um, I guess, trash-talking habit that Dominic Cruz has. Like, he's not going to lie to you. He's going to tell you the truth, and you're not going to sit there and deny the truth either, you know? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think why I like it so much is that he's so honest to the point where I, at that pre- I, I'm not sure which press conference it was, but the old, well, really, the only one that they've had, he said, um, you know, I want to fight Usman. You know, Usman's the toughest. He's a tough guy right now. He's a that guy's a good fighter. And then he also said Robbie Lawler is probably one of the hardest competitions for him right now, at, like stylistically. And so, you know, just with him being honest like that, recognizing the challenge that's in front of him, not really talking just BS, you know, just makes it. I don't know. It almost gives me a feeling that he's psychologically ahead of his opponents just because sometimes you see these opponents not recognize the competition that's in front of them by belittling them, but he doesn't do that at all. He just does the opposite. He first recognizes that the guy is better, that is good, but then also acknowledges that he's a lot better. So I think a lot of that comes... I think a lot of that comes from him being a super smart dude. He he reads a lot of books. He he uh, he's articulate. You know, like I think a lot of that comes from that. You know, he's he um he's he doesn't need to lie to himself like a lot of these guys. And you know, a lot of don't cool yourself. A lot of these guys fucking have to do that. You know, like they have to tell themselves whatever it is. You know, and he's not one of those guys. You know, like you know he can. You know, Robbie. Yeah, you are better than me on, on your feet. But this is what's going to happen. I'm going to use my better wrestling. I'm going to take you down and I'm going to beat you up because 18 guys before you haven't had an answer and you're not the guy. You know, and what can you say to that? You know, and, yeah, exactly. and you're right. That it's 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 it makes it it makes it fun, and that's why he's got a main card debut, right? He's a superstar. That's all I gotta say. He's a superstar, and even if he never gets a belt in from the UFC, he's a superstar because he's different. And uh, and I, I I can appreciate that. I don't necessarily like the way that he fights, but I can appreciate the fuck out of what he does because he's great. And you guys mentioned it. He has that psychological edge over his opponents. So we, I, I think it's easy to appreciate greatness when you have it. Well, 
some people don't appreciate it. But Ben Askren, whatever whatever happens, he's going to be a superstar. He's a superstar. I'd be already. interested to see what the UFC does with him after this because yeah, you know that would put him in line against Colby or Usman. Assuming he you know, wins, yeah, assuming, mm-hmm. yeah, assuming he wins. Also, if he loses, what are they going to do with Robbie Lawler? And what are they going to do with Ben Askren? You know, they just signed him on a three-fight deal. I think it was a three-fight. Three-fight deal, loses against Robbie Lawler. What do they do after that? You know? so I, Yeah, I think a lot of it obviously depends on what happens with the Woodley fight. And then, of course, what happens with Askren himself. So, I think once we know those things, I think you mentioned a lot of the options. I think either, depending on what happens with Woodley and Askren themselves, I think you mentioned... Covington and Usman, I think those are probably your answers, depending on what happens. Well, we'll see if Covington comes back. Uh, he, <laughs> that guy is something else, but uh, good thing we don't have to see him fight. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's get into the title fights. We we talked about Woodley, Usman. We were talking about them right now. Um, gentlemen, what do we think about this fight? Like We, we kind of glanced over it at the beginning of this segment, but what do you guys think? Uh, what does Woodley have to do to retain his title? What does Usman have to do to make it uncomfortable for Woodley and win this fight? I just think Woodley needs to do what he's always done, what he's done throughout his championship run here, and that's just uh, use his use his stand-up, use his wrestling to keep the fight standing if that's what he wants to do, and just uh, beat, up, beat up Usman because Usman's got to... Usman's got to come to him. Usman's got to come to him because Usman's game isn't isn't counterfighting, right? So he wants to get the fight on the ground. He's going to come walk forward. And I don't know, man. I, I honestly have played this fight out a few times in my head, and I just don't see how Usman beats him. I just think Woodley is better everywhere. I think he's a better wrestler. I think he's a better grappler. I think he's stronger. I think he has better cardio. I think he swapped our competition. And I think all of that equals a win for Woodley. I just I don't see how Usman gets it done. He can land a lucky shot, sure. I just I don't know. I'm going Woodley here. I just don't see how he can beat him. I don't I don't see it. <laughs> Correct. Agreed. I mean, I see the I, Mike spelled out exactly what I would have said uh, with just the addition of like well no not without any any addition really. I played this fight out of my head myself also, and he's right. Like every outcome just has Woodley dealing with whatever it is Usman has to throw at him. Woodley just needs to be Woodley that night. Uh, Usman, you know, his main strength is his wrestling. But then again, come on, man. Woodley, with, like he said, he's NCAA, NCAA Division One. Not only does he have that under his belt, he trains with Ben Askren, you know, or he has trained with Ben Askren. And if you're Usman, how are you going to shoot for your, for your double when... Woodley was had a double thrown at him all throughout the Damian Maya fight. Has it thrown at him by Ben Askren? Is there really anything? Also, with Usman striking, if he wants to pressure uh, Woodley, Woodley loves for you to pressure him. And he, you, we already we all know what he does. He backs up on that cage, and then he cocks that right pistol, and then blows your head off. So who knows? Who knows where Usman's gonna want to take the fight? But I don't see him. I don't see Woodley overlooking anybody. You know, Woodley has a really, really strong head on his shoulders. He has a really good team, and um, I honestly, right now, he's going to be a cha- he's going to be a champion like like Alex mentioned for as long as he wants. Yeah, now if he just stop rapping, 
<laughs> yeah, that that was bad. Um, at least he's good at fighting, so he doesn't have to rely mm-hmm. on, on, on. That surprised music. me. He's kept it together for so long. You know, a lot of fighters they get. We got we have McGregor on the proper whiskey. They get a little sidetracked, and I'm surprised that he's he's able to keep it together because he does have his his time split up. You know, he's doing that TMZ thing. He's he's acting. always he, yeah he's acting he's rapping and I don't know he's he's a lot of things but surprisingly he's been able to keep it together so let's hope he keeps it going if not we have some problems. He's just ba- he seems like a balanced guy overall, uh, with his uh, with his game, with his responsibilities outside of the cage. So that's why, uh, like I mentioned previously, he's gonna be a champion for as long as he wants to be. So I don't think Usman is is the guy to to even. This threat. is a weird point to add. I'm sorry, Alex, yeah, no, no, this is a weird point to add. But I I kind of don't want to see Colby lose because really, then that would make it not funny anymore that wouldn't make it fun anymore you know <laughs> i almost don't i just want him to win maybe one more time and then you know whatever throw woodley at him or 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 ben Askren. but i i kind of don't want to see him fight lose right now <laughs> because then his shit talking isn't funny anymore and like everybody just shits on him and then he goes into depression or something they oh, gotta give him a fight first yeah, yeah, I think he yeah. wants to. He wants to receive. I think he's gonna. He might go into Diaz mode, where you better give him a really good paycheck, or he's gonna chill out. Do you guys think he earned that position, though, or is he still a couple fights short of that? I don't understand why anybody. Why, if you're a fighter, why you would sit out at all? I just, I don't, I don't understand that that whole mentality. Like, it, it this. This whole new era of fighting just is is weird, you know. It doesn't make sense is, to me. Mike, what I think it is, Mike. I think these guys just get some form of entitlement or ego problems. So, mm-hmm. you know, UFC once they like, for example, the RDA fight was a very high profile fight, and he felt like when he won, he should get treated, you know, in that McGregor or Diaz type of um, treatment. So. Once that happens, you get some form of entitlement, which doesn't it, it doesn't it doesn't make you easy to work with, especially with the UFC, especially with somebody on the other side like Dana that mm-hmm. possesses the same thing. So I think that's all it really is. Yeah, no, I hear you, and that makes sense. But like, like for but for instance, like the whole Tony Ferguson situation, you know, like how the first the Holloway fight that was offered to him, and then he declined it, so they gave it to Poirier. I actually agree with Ferguson in in that cause. You know, like a lot of people are saying, like, well, why would you turn that shit down? Like, you know, well, well, why would he accept it? Because he already had that. He already had that title, and you took it away from him. So what he wait? So you're giving him the opportunity to fight for something that he already had, that you already took away. You're you're letting him fight for that. Why would he take that? I I get that, you know. But what I don't get is like a guy just being like, no, I don't want to fight that guy. He's not ranked high enough. Like fuck you. Like fight. Yeah, you know what I no. mean? Like that. That's the shit I don't like. You know. Absolutely no. And um, I think yeah. The, well, there's a there was a huge difference between uh Colby and. And for Tony, sure, you know, it's just because for Tony's sure. been—he's beat absolutely everybody in the in the 155 division. And you're right, he why would he fight for fight some fight for something that he already had? The point of an interim title is to fight the champion immediately after. You know, that's at, at least how it should be. Mm-hmm. And so, so, like Mike, you like like you mentioned that 
why would he fight for something that he already had? Let's say he sits out. What other fight makes sense for Khabib, you know, other than Tony? Tony, you know, he's been deserving of that of that title fight since forever. He got he got in a freak accident and he fought on the same card that the title was fought on. You know, so I know that's what's crazy. Exactly. It's it's so, so fucked up. So unfair and you know, I wish the best for Tony, but you know, he's been mistreated and you're right, like he there's no reason for him to take that fight. That's that's a dumb fight to take. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hope Tony Ferguson comes back soon because that guy is so fun. His last fight against Anthony Pettis, fucking ridiculous, man. The the bloodbath. Everything about that fight was unbelievable. Um, all right, so, I mean, it sounds like Woodley and Usman, we have the same opinion, but we'll officialize our predictions uh, in, in a few minutes. Uh, let's move on to the main event, though. John Jones, Anthony Smith, Bones, Lionheart. Um, Picogram. A picogram, yeah, yeah, picogram. Uh, I gotta say, I gotta say, I was watching uh, the countdown like Mike was, uh, but I was only watching the the John Jones and and Smith portion, which the was countdown. like thirty minutes. Yeah, uh, I gotta get on that. Oh yeah, you have to. It's fucking. It's a great piece of promotion by the UFC. Um, and I was watching that before I I went to school this morning and. I was a little bit swayed by what, by what, uh, oh, fuck, what's his name, Smith, by what, what Anthony Smith was was saying. He sounds so, so convinced, so confident in his abilities. In he, he even mentioned about the flaws. His coaches were mentioning the flaws that John Jones has in his game, and they were they didn't break it down obviously because that would probably give up the entire game plan, but. They sounded convinced. They they sounded like they know what they're going to do on Saturday night. But I'm not picking Anthony Smith to win this fight. Let's just make that clear. But if I had $100, I'd probably bet Anthony Smith to pull the upset. I'm pretty sure the, the, the odds are heavily favored towards uh, John Jones' win. Uh, but $100 might make me rich for a couple months or a couple weeks at least. He's a six fifty dog, so yeah, you do pretty well. A hundred dollars wins you six hundred and fifty. Nah, I'll be good for a week, <laughs> just a week. But um, I mean, overall, guys, what do you think uh, about this fight? How how is this how is this gonna play out? Since uh, you guys like to play out the fights in your mind before they actually happen. Uh, similar to the other one, man. Um, you know. I love an underdog story. I just, you know, John Jones, man. No one's been able to really figure out the puzzle, you know. Uh, DC came the closest, and I think DC's, no offense to Anthony Smith, because as I said, man, he's been good to me and his coach, Mark Montoya. But I just, the, the, the skill level of DC compared to Anthony Smith, I think, you know, DC's probably got the advantage, and DC's came the closest to knocking off John Jones. You know, Anthony Smith matches up favorably in size. You know, he, yeah. he does. His reach, though, his reach is is substantially shorter than John Jones. His, his, John Jones has a historically long reach in the UFC, <laughs> 84 and a half. And uh, Anthony Smith is only 76. So there's a big difference there. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't see how he beats him. You know, I, I, I'd love, I would love if Anthony Smith landed like that crazy spinning elbow or, and, and did it, but... 
and and I agree with you, man. He does look calm, and he even sounds calm, right? Yeah. And he's playing the part. And I believe I think a lot of that does come with Mark Montoya, the Factory X as head coach. I think a lot a lot of that comes from him. That very calm. That very when he speaks, he spe- there's not a word that Mark Montoya says that's not calculated. He he's very meticulous, and I think a lot of that rubs off in his fighters, like it has in Smith. But I think that when that door closes, man, and I think that he looks across that octagon and he sees John Jones, I think that oh fuck moment is gonna be is gonna kick in like yeah. like yeah, I know I said all that shit. I know I said inferno man, but motherfucker, that that's John Jones. <laughs> you know, like I don't know. I think there's a little bit of that, you know. So I don't know. We'll see. I think uh, psychologically, I, I really like what I see in uh, in Anthony Smith. Uh, like that overall confidence that, like Mike mentioned, very well could be from his from his trainer. However, as much as I do like seeing um, seeing Anthony Smith, uh, you know, you can't. You know, it's John Jones at the end of the day. You know, it's 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 really hard to put the marbles on each side and then really have them not wait for John Jones's favor. I think John is very, very analytical. Um, you know, he's been preparing for this fight for the longest. He put it up on his social media oh, quite a while back, actually getting prepared for him. And um, he does look, he, I'm not going to lie. He does look focused this time around. He does look a lot more focused than he usually is. And um, Anthony Smith, not so much that he'll have that, um, fear factor in the middle of the fight but I, I just think that john jones is just gonna he's just gonna frustrate him into a mistake and i think john jones will eventually finish him i think uh, anthony will will become a little frustrated and uh with john jones having the reach that he does and the power that he has in his in his each and every shot i think he'll uh, he'll get the job done all right guys so uh that's the preview for the ufc 235 card uh now i'm gonna ask you gentlemen to do one more thing for me i'm gonna ask you to pick three fights out of this entire card the three fights that you guys are the most confident in and give me your predictions uh miguel i'll start with you uh i think i'll start with cody i think um I think Cody's actually going to take care of, of business. I think he's a lot more focused. I think he's had some time off. Um, he's He has a good head on his shoulders now. I've heard him talk. He's a lot more relaxed. So I definitely like what I'm seeing from him, uh, especially with the advantage that he has on the stand-up. Uh, believe it or not, Ben Askren. Ben Askren, I'm, I just have such a good, uh, good feeling, just especially from his confidence that he reigns down. And Woodley, I think Woodley is is almost. Uh, I would put I would put the house on Woodley at this at this point of his career. So those are my those are my three. All right, three very good ones. Three very good ones. I would probably go uh, probably go Woodley number one because yeah, he's gonna be champion probably as long as he wants. I think we agree. Number two, I'd probably go. I'll probably go Mickey Gall over Diego Sanchez. Pretty confident that the young dude gets that done. And then I go probably back up top to John Jones beating Anthony Smith. As much as uh, as confident as I am about that, 
I, I mean, I would still love to see, you know, everybody loves to see the upset and, you know, you could look back and be like, I remember when Anthony Smith, but I don't know. Pretty confident John Jones wins. Let's not forget uh, Namajunas and Juana, you know, because how sure were we? Mm, yeah. How how, you know, how terrified how terrifying uh, Juana was at the time, and I would kind of equate it to the domination that John Jones has at the at the moment. You know, at, it was almost like when we set when the, we set up the John Jones Smith fight, you're almost like, oh well, I guess he's fighting that guy. You know, it wasn't really something that. Same thing with uh with Joanna. You know, when she got that Rose fight, it wasn't really like a, an exciting thing. It was almost like a given that she was going to take it. Mm-hmm. So, Very you know. good point. Very good point. Know. Yeah. It was just like, oh, okay, yeah, Rose is next. Yeah. It was no big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let me see. I'm going to pick my three. You guys uh, made some very good picks. I'm pretty sure if you guys were down in Vegas, you'd make some money. Um mm-hmm. I'm picking Woodley, lock of the night. Uh, I don't want. I don't mean to sound redundant, but uh, he's going to be champion for as long as he wants. Tyron Woodley, Ben Askren. I don't see him losing his UFC debut. Uh, Robbie Lawler. He's exciting. He's tough as hell. But I. I don't know. Ben Askren is. It's going to be his night Saturday night. And as much as I want bust uh, th- that Buster Douglas moment for. Um, for Anthony Smith, I think John Jones is gonna win. He has all the tools. He is a freak of nature, and another guy that's probably gonna be champion for as long as he wants, unless he fucks up or he does. You know, he does something stupid like he tends to do. Uh, apparently not, because he's more active. Uh, you you mentioned it, Mike, for the first time since uh, 2000, what, you said 13, that he's mm-hmm. fighting uh, within five months. So, um, good for him. I, I hope he can still showcase those ridiculous abilities that he have that, that he has, but uh, uh, Woodley, Askren, and John Jones. Uh, Miguel, you picked Garbrandt, Woodley, and Askren, and then Mike, Woodley, Gall, and Jones. Great fucking pick. I did. And totally, totally off subject, but you reminded me since you said Buster Douglas, I was watching the Mike Tyson Buster Douglas fight the other day, uh-huh. and just because it was on, I, I was uh, I, I was actually watching something and it was on, so I quite like the last few rounds, right? And I didn't realize this, but you know, I, of course, everybody remembers that being you know Tyson getting beat, you know, knocked yeah. out, and Buster Douglas be. But I don't think people realize or even remember that, dude, the round right before that, Mike Tyson floored Buster Douglas and got him to a nine count and almost won the fight right there. The round right before, no one even remembers that. No one even talks about it because the very next round, the most craziest boxing upset in the history of boxing happened. But I just think it's interesting that the very the round right before that, one second could have changed in history, but Buster Douglas beat it by one. I don't know. Just thought that was pretty cool, you know. It would have been just another win for for Mike Tyson. Let's just put it that way. It, it, right? Isn't that crazy? Another, yeah. What could have been? Actually, yeah. I don't know if you guys uh, actually knew this. I mean, I wouldn't expect anybody to know this, but um, I once heard a video and actually spoke about that upset, and mm. it was actually Buster Douglas's mother had passed away the week before. Yeah. And the week or the day before, something traumatic like that. 
and then that's what he credited it to. He said uh, he he couldn't he couldn't end it like that, and wow. it was like due to his mother passing away a week before that or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that uh you know for uh, any listeners here, that's a little bit of inspiration. That's the only the only thing that can get you through something that strong is to go through an adversity that hard. You know, so that almost explains that performance from him. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd go out on sure. a limb and say it hurts more to lose your mother uh, than uh, than to get punched in the face by Mike Tyson. To get so, socked uh, in the face. By Mike <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Two oh, things I've never experienced. Put, I wanted to put yeah. uh, Me Mike either, against God. the wall here, and I actually wanted to hear a prediction from him for the uh, Jeremy Stevens and Zabi fight because All right, one I was, more prediction. I, I've been Let's thinking see. about this fight a lot. One more prediction. I just wanted to put it back against Ooh. the wall because I know it's a toss up. So, yeah, this one is tough, man. Um, you know what? Steven's coming off that loss to Aldo, right? That body, that body punch lost to Aldo before that he was on a three fight winning streak. Zabit is unbeaten. I'm, I'm looking at stats. I don't know all this shit. Um, man, uh, fuck. This is a no, tough no, one, man. Especially because, uh, Jeremy was, seriously one fight away from a title shot so if you, yeah let's say he would have gone through aldo at any you know in any outcome he would be right up there against uh against max or brian ortega no doubt i'm you know do you want to hear maybe the craziest stat of of the whole show let's hear it the, let's hear the it. fact that jeremy stevens is only 32 years old Holy shit. Okay. Right? Wall, as like, long as he's been around forever, right? That's what I'm saying. You think he's like 36, 37. You yeah. know what? I like Stevens to win this, actually. I think Stevens will win. I do as well. Because I, I think he'll be able to. I think you mentioned it. I think he's going to be able to, to, to like Bob and Weave kind of weave, get inside and land a big right, lock him oh, on the ground, and finish one. him off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think, I think, Jeremy, I think there's. If you look at Zabi, he's really flashy and he's very he's you know he's good at what he does. But Jeremy, there's that there's a huge level of competition there that I just can't wrap my head around, man. And and Stevens is a pro, you know, and he's gonna come with everything, dude. And I don't know. Yeah, I like. What's Stevens. mind blowing to me also is that fucking Zabi is six feet two inches and he's a one forty five pounder. That I know. Shit, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever oh, seen somebody that's one forty five. I don't know if you've like, seen somebody thin. at 145. Yeah. That, there's like shorter guys than me that are 145, and they're tiny. Imagine a Crazy. how thin, like he's fucking flat Stanley in the flesh, you know? Check this out, though. But he's 6'2". Stevens is 5'9", but they only have a two-inch reach difference. That's going to be a problem for Zabit. So. Yeah, two inches is not that much for having five inches of height on a guy, you know? Right, dude. I cannot wait for Saturday. It's a loaded card for sure. It oh, is. Oh, and a quick shout out card. to PFL. Yes, PFL sir. just signed a deal, a two-year deal with ESPN. That's huge. That is huge, and there's Mike repping uh, the PFL. Somebody educate me, please. I'm a, I'm a bit of a moron when it comes to that. The Professional Fighters League. Um, they this is going to be their second year now. They um, they have a they're like a tournament. They they have like a season-based league, MMA league. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Wow. So but, it's uh, good to see the sport taking taking steps i know um kiesa recently petitioned in a way for the uh for espn to stream ncaa wrestling i think i think that would be huge i don't yeah they should man there's i mean now that streaming is so huge you know there's so much 
there's so much need to fill quality content. You know, I hate that word content. I hate that fucking word. I think it's the hard T content. It's like cunt, content, cunt. Go. It's that's, got that same cunt close. content, right? right. That's yeah. I, that's why I think it kind of you get it, the cunty yeah, feeling. It makes you cringe, Mike. Uh, it I does. Never really looked at it that way. And considering dude, the fact that, that word is the most popular word in the world, everybody says it now. Everybody, yeah. you could find my content. You could find my content, content, content. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> All right, well then, uh, let's just uh, wrap it up right here, Mike. Where can they find your content? <laughs> uh, pretty much uh, everywhere. Uh, you can find me on lowkickbjpen.com. You can find me on Cage Side Press. You can find me on my YouTube channel, which is just AKA Strauss Twenty One, and then on social media, AKA Strauss Twenty One. Thanks for having me, man. Not a problem, Mister Mike Strauss. Miguel, where can they find you? Uh, you could follow me on Instagram, OcampoMiguel9, and that I'm a boring individual. I just like watching fights a lot. So, <laughs> hey, that's not boring. If 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 that's the case, and I'm boring too. So, uh, me too. We're all boring. Mike's boring. All day. I'll go on yeah. all day about fighting, but this you is can't fun. get me on Facebook or Twitter, or whatever it is, to talk about fights. All right, gentlemen, like yeah. gentlemen, thank you so much. UFC 235 this Saturday. Do not. I repeat. Do not miss this card. And MMA gods, if you're listening to this or if you're watching this, whatever, no injuries. No no, no missed weights, please. UFC 235, Saturday. Thanks, guys. No picograms, please. No picograms, no picograms either. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you. Thank you, guys. And at this time, I would like to welcome Roger Romo to the very first episode of the Dirty Brawlers podcast. He's a former boxer. He is out of Boxnard, California. That gives it all away. He's trained so many different fighters. I'm not even going to try to mention all of them. Roger, how are you, my man? I'm great, brother. I'm great. And I'm I'm, I'm glad that you call it Boxnard. You know that. I, I need a I need a patent that because uh, or, or copyright or whatever you got to do for that. But I actually um, when I was fighting, we had a press conference and I said, uh, when they were asking me about how it is to train here, and I go, man, it's how how do you like Oxnard? And, I love Oxnard; it's all my life, but I'm not calling it Oxnard no more. It's called Boxnard. And I said, I have I have the thing filmed, so I'm gonna have to go and get that get that trademark because that's me. I invented that word. <laughs> You're gonna have to send it over to me so we can share it and let the people know that it was you. Of course. So, were you born in California, or I was born born here in Oxnard, born and raised, brother. Wow. Okay. All right. So all my life, been here all my life. Hometown. All right. That's awesome, man. So, one of the guys that you've worked with uh, in your career as a strength and conditioning coach is Vasil right. Lomachenko, and right. he has a fight coming up April twelfth. Right. What do you think about this fight? Uh, to me, it kind of came as a surprise. I didn't think he would fight um, Kroya. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I, I, I helped I helped him a bit. Um, it was more my partner, Cecilio Flores, and, and me and him, we worked together. That's like my brother. So we're, we're not we're no longer working with, with them. And I, and, I mean, I think it, it showed in the last fight. I mean, uh, it took him how many rounds to... to to beat somebody that Gervonta knocked out in a few. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, 
a lot of people don't think the conditioning is a big factor, but you know what? Boxing has changed a lot. A lot of people think that you got to stick to that old school training method. And, and, and nah, man, boxing is different now. It's, it's, there's a lot more athleticism now. There's a lot of more naturally gifted people to where you have to have that extra edge. And, and, um, this fight, I'm like, I was thinking he was going to fight, you know, someone good. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, not taking anything away from, from his opponent, but I mean, I think, I think they're doing a little too much. Uh, I mean, uh, taking care of him. I mean, he's older. He's, he's, he's gotta, if he wants to be a legend, like you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta dare to be great. I mean, look what Mike mm-hmm. Garcia is doing. Yeah. You know, he, Mike is young. Mike is young. And, 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 you know, I, I didn't like it personally. I didn't like it. I mean, but you know, you're gonna have a great performance by Loma, of course, and you know it should be another victory. But you know, he needs a. I think he needs to step it up a little more. Let me ask you this though: uh, Is Vasily Lomachenko the fighter that you work with that has the most natural raw talent, or is it someone else? Because we see it in the ring every time he fights. He's unbelievable. His footwork is ridiculous. His his speed is. It, you can't even see the punches. Is he the most right. talented fighter you've ever worked with? I I want to say I want to say possibly that yeah, um, natural. I mean, uh, when I was fighting, I was working a lot, but not you know training him. I was sparring and training with Sergio Martinez, mm. and that you know <laughs> that was like for him to start boxing at twenty one. Yeah, and to do the things he did and to fight the way he fought, it, it was it was crazy because when we sparred. We, uh, I had my hands down. He had his hands down because I used to fight with my hands down. He's yeah. Like you, oh, you fight with your hands down too. I go, yeah, man. Been doing that since I was a kid. And this kid, you know, uh, this guy, he wasn't a kid. But this guy, you know, um, very athletic, very hardworking. You know, uh, I want to say that you know him and Loma are head to head. You know, uh, the way that their work ethic, they work hard. There's no excuses. There's no. Oh my my feet hurt or my hand hurts. I can't do this today. You know, I remember uh, sparring with with Martinez one time. He hit me on uh, on the elbow for he was throwing a body shot and he kind of winced in pain. Go, hey man, you alright? He goes, ah, you know, no pasa nada. Tengo la otra. Tengo la otra mano. I mean, it's, I don't. It's, it's all good. I have my other hand. You know, so <laughs> that, that that's those are the kind of guys that that you know they're not just uh, naturally gifted, but they work hard. They're hardworking, so you know, I, I, Lomo is is a workhorse. He 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 runs hard. He trains hard. It's like um, there's no there's no uh, uh, reversing. There's he's he's in fifth gear all the time, man. Wow, uh, you left me speechless, and I'm supposed to actually be talking. You know, this is unbelievable because it's such high praise for Sergio Martinez, and I'm kind of looking back at his career, and we didn't really appreciate him. As uh, much. That's that's how it is. That's oh how my it god, is, man! That's, that's that's how you know you know it's 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 um that's how boxing is. It's a little yeah. it's a little harsh that way with 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 the public. I mean, I, I, I'm with my brother. I mean, with my own brother, man. It's like people used to talk so much. Ah, oh, well, I mean, he he lost to this person. He lost to this person. Okay, but my brother dared to be great at 21 years old. My brother was the youngest. Everybody knows that that he was the youngest ever junior middleweight champion. And I, they gave Canelo a belt against who? You know, my brother took the belt from Yori Boy Campas. So, you know, now I seen it the other day. I was at the fights at the Leo Santa Cruz at the Microsoft Theater, the Leo Santa Cruz fight. Mm-hmm. And they showed him on the screen. Everybody cheered. 
You know, they don't appreciate you no. until you're gone. Yeah. You know, the, the, the type of fighter Maravilla, I know people miss him now, you know, because he was a warrior. You know, um, yeah. he would fight anybody. He didn't care. And the thing is that no one wanted to fight him. You know, he, he, he called Floyd out. He was at 54 for a bit. And then he moved up to 60. But um, he moved up because, you know, Manny didn't want to fight him. He, he even said, I'll come down to 150. Floyd was like, nah, ah, well, nah, nah. That's 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 pretty scary, you know, if you're scaring Floyd. If you're scaring Floyd, you're scaring Manny Pacquiao. All these guys are saying, nah, nah, well, uh, a bunch of excuses. Fight. Fight the man, you know. But, you know, it was a crazy time then, man, uh, uh, being around that and being around that environment and being around. Uh, to me, I already knew he was going to be, you know, he was going to be great. He was going to be legendary. You know, it's just he was old. He was older. He had injuries. And, and he, and he f- still tried to fight through him, man. He fought, um, what, what was that? I think Barker or I forgot what fight or, or but he was hurt um, and he fought that way and he, and, he, and he got him out of there, man. But there was no excuses with him. He dared to be great. And that's what the sport, that's what the sport needs, man. You know, you need people like that. You know, if not, then people are going to watch UFC more. <laughs> well yeah and it, i mean the fight business as a whole is so cutthroat and going back to your point um but by the way the person that you were referring to for those people that that don't know your your brother you referred to him fernando vargas am i correct right. Right. fernando right. vargas uh he fought oscar de la Hoya, fought ricardo mayorga um i gotta be honest with you i didn't really appreciate his his abilities i didn't appreciate him much when he was active but now i i i went back and i can tell you from a personal experience i became a fan and not just because you're here you can ask my friends whatever it is i became a fan after uh, a fan of boxing after oscar de la hoya versus fernando vargas that was the first fight that i ever watched it was unbelievable i'm like i i I love this sport sure i love soccer i love football i love other sports but boxing it's my new love and that was one of the fights that really helped me become a fan um but yeah everyone has to dare to be great because it's such a cutthroat business you need to take the chance whenever whenever it shows up so and you know the, yeah the, the 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 with him it was uh everybody's like oh they threw him to the lions too fast people don't understand that that fernando wasn't wasn't um wasn't a yes sir no sir he was a he was a uh, you motherfuckers work for me. Excuse my friends. I'm sorry, but you <laughs> motherfuckers work for me. I'm not your work. If, if I can't perform tomorrow, you guys don't care about me. You're not going to take care of my family. You mm-hmm. work for me. And he would tell his promoters, get me this fight. Get me the turn of that fight. When he and he and he and they were like, no, Fernando, he's just passing through. He was just, uh, remember, he had moved up. And then he beat David Reed. And then he was going to go up to 60 because he was pursuing Roy Jones. Fernando goes, this is my fucking weight division. You're not going to you're not going to come to my house. This is mine. Get me the fight. And they're like, ah, just let him. And Fernando took it upon his, his, he took it into his, his, his own hands. And he, and after he beat, uh, I Corte, you know, he watched the interview and he says, he goes, you know, he says in Spanish, he goes, Tito, creo que eres un gran peleador. Creo que eres el único que tienen los para pelear conmigo. Quiero que enseñarte que este mexicano no corre y si pelea. He was and referring to Oscar De La Hoya. And he translated it. He goes, translation. <laughs> yeah. And it's on HBO. He goes, translation. Yeah. He goes, Tito, I think you're a great fighter. I think you're the only only one that 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 has, I think he said that, I don't know if he said the balls to, 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 to fight me. And he goes, I want to show you that this Mexican 
won't uh, will fight and won't run. So they're like, so that's what you want. You want Tito? Goes, I want Tito Trinidad. So you know, yeah. and and people don't understand that. They think that well, his promoters did it. Nah, Fernando wanted that. You know, and that's you know, you know, you gotta admire something like that. You can't, you can't, um, you can't say that he was babied or anything. You know, Oscar. I'm not taking anything away from Oscar. You know, um, he fought dudes when they were already on their way out. He fought dudes when they already had lost. Yeah, he didn't. The only reason he fought my brother is because of the performance of Trinidad. That's the only reason why he fought my brother. And and I'm not making any excuses for my for my brother, but the truth truth be told, well, he was on he was on steroids. Okay, let me tell you something. I'm a strength and conditioning coach, and as well as a boxing coach, Stanazol is what Olympic sprinters were using. They caught Ben Johnson using using it in the Olympics, right? Is mm-hmm. a is a fight a sprint? No. no, a fight is a long distance. It's a long distance run. You know what I'm saying? You're you're it's twelve yeah. rounds. You know you're yeah. you're going to battle for twelve rounds. Fernando was never known to tire early ever, and, and on his worst night. And Aaron, um, I'll tell you straight up, man. Uh, when he fought Winky Wright, he, he was. We were going through a lot of family problems, and and he was he was young and just to cut make weight. You know, he did. He, he didn't have a strength and conditioning coach back then. He um was eating egg white, uh, hard-boiled egg whites, three of them, and then j- just would drink NyQuil to go to sleep so he wouldn't eat. You know, that was the week of the fight. And then he he, he weighs in, he makes weight, and he shocks his body. He, he eats pizza and he drinks soda. You know what that's going to do to you? That's just going to shock your body. Yeah. And for him to perform the way he did, rounds 9 through 12, throwing over 100 punches around against a, a guy like Winky Wright, he didn't get tired. He still kept going. With I Cortez, the same thing. With Oscar, he was tired of Nate. Why? Because Stanazol, it's it adds when you add when you add more muscle to your body, you need more oxygen. You need more oxygen to carry muscle. Uh, that's a lot of the things that they never they never told you when you're lifting weights and you. That's why I mean weights are good to a certain extent, but you know naturally, of course, he was tired in eight or nine rounds. You know what I mean? And 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 he still performed the way he did. You know. Um, no excuses, you know. Oscar did win. He he beat my brother that night, but he didn't beat my brother that fight. I Corte. He didn't beat that Fernando, you know. So, you know, that's just a little, a little stuff to clear things up uh, 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 about my brother and about you know people daring to be great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Of course, it's excellent insight, and I feel like the term uh, "oh, he was on steroids" is being thrown around a little bit too loosely nowadays. So. No, I, uh, uh that's that's like that, i mean that's accusing someone of uh of a crime pretty much because yeah. technically you you can't you are getting punished uh but anyway uh moving forward talking about being great and staying in right. your region mikey garcia errol spence uh that fight that's coming up in a few weeks what do you think about that fight uh yes that's, yeah. that's, that's that's a huge fight i'm a fan of both um, more of Mikey, obviously. I know Mikey since he was a baby, you know? Okay. Um, no, I've known him since he was a baby. Uh, I remember me and Fernando would walk to Mr. Garcia's house. The big G would walk over there. Um, he lived here literally a few blocks away. Um, he used to always see us, me and Fernando, walking or running to the gym to Colonia, which is maybe three, four miles from here from my house. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure he saw a lot of kids going and leaving. So he didn't, like probably take us serious until he saw us really going and going and going 
And then he was like, "You guys, you, you told well, no more Fernando. He goes, you, 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 you guys, you guys are coming a lot. Um, he goes, look, I live right here. I'll take you. And I remember meeting Mikey when he was a baby, man. He was like maybe, maybe like five or six years old. And um, he uh didn't want to box. He didn't want to box. He was like, nah, I'm not gonna box. We stop, nah. He's like, nah, I don't want to box. I don't want to box." And the first person he sparred was with my little brother. And he'll tell you and ask him. He goes, who's the first person he sparred? He was like, oh, Fernando's brother, uh, Felix. And my little brother actually beat him up. And and now my little brother's like his biggest fan. <laughs> but Mikey, you know, that he's daring to be great. Yeah. He's, he's taking on a guy that's bigger, obviously. Um you know, I I know Mikey's working hard. He's putting some muscle on just to be able to not be bullied around because you know Errol Spence is a strong guy. He's a big dude for 147. Um, I know the odds have it. You know, I think they have him as a huge favorite for for Errol Spence. Me, at first, I was like, man, that's a dangerous fight. But the more the more I analyzed it, I was thinking, okay, well, how many times did Floyd move up and fight bigger guys, even when he fought Oscar? And he fought, and, and Oscar made him wear ten ounce gloves, yeah. you know, um, you know things like that at one fifty four. And Floyd had never, he was lighter, I think, the day of the fight than he was for the weigh-in. So yeah. you know, how do you beat someone bigger? How do you beat someone that's stronger with intelligence? And I think Mikey's a very, very smart, very smart fighter. Not just in the ring. You know, um, like Floyd, is, his intelligence is, uh, his intellect in the ring is crazy. Like, you know, he, you, how are you going to stand in front of somebody and not get hit? It's not running. That's boxing. He's in front of you. Mikey, you know, he doesn't waste punches. Um, he He's smart. Yeah, he, he, he's always uh, in position, you know, to counter or or, or to punch. He, he's, he's, he's got great balance. So... I think the fight's a lot closer than than um than than people have it out. People are like, "Oh, Errol's gonna run over him." I don't think so, man. I think, uh, I mean, I might be a little biased because I know Mikey, but I'm going for Mikey. I think Mikey can take it, man. I think I think Mikey can take a decision. It'll be close, but I think Mikey will take it. It's not crazy at all, man. It, it's yeah. not crazy. People, and again, this goes back to not appreciating Mike, Mikey Garcia. He did have a pretty big layoff in his career. A lot of people would say that that is the prime of his career. He was having a, a contractual dispute and right. stuff like that. But anyway, he came back, and he started taking out guys. He he, he beat Broner. If I'm not mistaken, he even beat uh, uh, Easter, Robert Easter. Uh, and yeah. Now he's... Uh, and, and now he's coming in to fight Errol Spence. He's fighting him in Dallas, and he's fighting him at 147. This, I can understand why the odds are so um, in favor of Errol Spence. But you're completely right, man. You yeah. the, the, the way you beat someone that's physically more imposing than you, you beat him up exactly. here. That, that's exactly. how you beat him, man. You put it perfectly. And it's not. I really don't think it's biased at all. Uh, right. Sure, you've known him since he was a kid or whatever. And that's yeah. a great story, too, by the way. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, but I, I, I'm i going to have to agree with you, man. I think Mikey yeah. Garcia has he has that, that extra edge that he's so smart. He sees things. Maybe he he can process things a little bit faster in the ring. And, right. and you, better than anyone, knows that things in the ring or split second it comes at you yeah oh you saw like when he when he when he uh when he knocked out lipinitz um yeah 
he he caught him with that with that with that uppercut, and he and he saw him coming forward. He pivoted and laid that overhand and laid him mm-hmm. out. Yeah, and that like this, and that's because that's how he trains. He, that's how he's always trained. Um, a guard. A lot of people think that Lomachenko is those pivots and dropping the hand and all that. That stuff wasn't brought up by him. That's the um, you know, I think George Foreman used to drop the hands on people, but but I mean, Garcia used to show my brother, show uh, Robert, show Mikey. You know, uh, there's a video of my brother dropping someone's gloves, uh, or if you look at the pivots, the angles when when and and Mikey does the same thing. Mikey's a smart guy, man, and and the thing, like like I was saying, uh, Floyd is 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 smart. Is ring intellect is smart. But I don't know how smart he is outside the ring. A lot of people make fun of him, you know, because <laughs> yeah. they can't read. Well, I mean, he can read, but you know, it's just, it's just, you know, a lot of people look for things to 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 come at. But M- Mikey is uh, intellectual too. Mikey's smart. He went to college. He's 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 very educated. If you sit down and have a conversation with him, don't talk about boxing. Talk about something else. This, Mikey's yeah. very smart, and to be smart, uh, Mikey's a uh, 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 school smart, so book smart, sh- street smart, and ring smart. I mean, that's that's you know, a lot of people don't don't take those things into consideration. A lot of people just think it's 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 black and white. It's just okay. Well, he's bigger and stronger, and he's smaller. Nah, man. There's a lot to this. There's a lot to this. A lot more to this. This is, this game. This this this. It's not a game. It's um, it's it's uh. What, what did um, did Denzel say? This shit's chess. It ain't checkers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of mind, a lot of mind in it. So, I mean, these characteristics of Mikey Garcia, if you ask me, I think he's a genius then because he's smart all around. So it's going to be a tough fight for Errol Spence. We're not saying Errol Spence is, you know, whatever. Errol Spence is a great fighter. Yeah. 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 Do you think Errol Spence might have bit off more than he could chew or is... I think, you know what, from from the, uh, the things I've been seeing in interviews and stuff I've been seeing... Um, usually he's a little heavy. He's not heavy right now. I think he's taking it serious. He said, uh, I think he said recently, he goes, I'm looking at this fight. He goes, uh, you know, I seen at the press conference recently in, in Dallas, he goes, I, I, I see how serious he is. And, and he goes, I'm glad I'm training as hard as I am. He knows that it's not going to be an easy fight. He knows. <laughs> no, he knows, yeah. you know, when you, and especially when you got, you know, not, not to put racing in, but when you got, when you got a, 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 a Mexican that has, you know the word. I'm sorry to say, balls. You know you're gonna have a tough fight. You know it's, it's gonna be a tough. He knows. They both know. They both know. So they're both training hard. And 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 at the end of the day, who's gonna win is us. The public wins because we get to see a great fight. And you never know what happens. Say you know, it goes decision. They they might do a rematch. You know, you might do two three fights. You know, you never know. You know, it might be one of those. Um, those Leonard uh, 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 Hearns type fights, you know what I'm saying? You never know. You never know what you're gonna get with that. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm excited. Yeah, it's it it's always one of those things that we think about with when two great fighters face off the second fight, a potential right. trilogy. So, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to to all of right. that. Let's move up and wait a little bit. Let's go up to the heavyweights and talk about the three champions on three different networks. Um, Tyson Fury just signed with top rank in ESPN. Yeah. Uh, so, what? How do you think the landscape of the heavyweight division changes with with these three guys fighting on three different networks? At the end of the day, they make it work. You know, um, 
there's too much money for them not to make it work. There's too much money to be made for the networks and for the promoters to not. They've done things where they 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 do um, dual networks working together. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not gonna it's not gonna change much. A lot of people, oh, well, they're not gonna be able to fight. They'll make it happen. And it's, I, well, I hope you know that they have that type of uh, of of uh, of that want and need to be great to say, nah, make the fight happen. You know, like you know, the throwbacks to when everybody fought everybody. I think um, the heavyweight division is actually like looking nice now. Uh, it was been dead for a while, you know. Um, Tyson Fury, I mean, who would have thought he would have did what he did with? I mean, I knew he was gonna outbox him, but you know, when he got knocked down, everybody was like, "He's not gonna get up. He's not gonna get up." And the way he got up, man, I was like, that I like I, I liked him a lot because I knew Tyson Fury has got the most uh, 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 boxing ability out of all of them. He can box. He can move. You know, he's 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 a big guy, but he can move. You know, he moves his head. I love his head movement. I love his footwork. Uh, the the way he uh you fought Wilder. You know, after the layoff, and after you know drugs, and after you know mental bad mental health problems, and 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 for him the way to look the way he looked. I mean, that says a lot. And I think that. You know, a lot of guys are, are going to have problems with him. Um, Wilder, Joshua, hard-hitting guys, you know. Um, hold on, let me Hold on, let me check. Hard-hitting guys, they're, 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 they're good. Uh, I think Joshua has more, t- more uh, uh, boxing ability than Wilder. Wilder gets a little wild. You know, it's, it's a good name for him. Yeah. His last name is fits him perfect because the way he throws punches, he's almost <laughs> falling on himself. Yeah. But the guy can hit. He can crack. You know, if if I I would love to I would love for for Wilder to work a lot more on his craft than than rely on power and conditioning. Um. But it's 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 a good uh it's a good it's a good division right now. It hasn't been that good for a while. And then I hear Usyk's moving up to fight at, at heavyweight. So. That's another guy to look at, you know, um, the way he dominated the, the cruiserweight division. You know, that guy, that's another guy I've seen him train. That guy is so light on his feet, man, and he's fast. And his punch output for that weight is crazy. So, you know, those guys have a, have someone to worry about with, with Usyk coming up too, man. It's it's. I, I just hope that they all fight each other, you know. um, You got King Kong as well, um, who I, I like the way he fights. He's strong. But you know he's a bit older. You know, usually the the Cuban fighters, because of uh, how how the amateur program was before, you know, they're usually older getting into the game. So yeah, I think he's got a good year or two left. You know, but hopefully he, you know, he he's up in that in that mix still. Yeah. So in other words, the heavyweight division is back and it's alive. <laughs> that, I think that's so. That's what I got. Yeah, I that's great. So. Yeah. That, that, uh, we you know we need it. Yeah. We need it. Yeah, because people love to see these big guys just whacking each other across the face exactly. they absolutely love it they exactly. th- and they love to consume and that when when boxing was popular here in the states long before you and i were born it was muhammad yeah. ali and people loved it people yeah. loved to, exactly. to see him because he was just fun to watch but you know that you know what and that's another one that they didn't appreciate back then they would talk so much smack about it but the thing is with muhammad ali um, when they ask me who do I think is the greatest, of course I think Ali. And it's not just because of boxing; it's because of what the man did outside the ring. He was a revolutionary. He 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 fought for his beliefs, and and they hated that back then. 
You know, times well, they still have changed do. a lot now. They still do. They were, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You people know? still so, hate. To, this to guy went to freaking Iraq and spoke to Saddam Hussein and had some uh, hostages released. Like, are you kidding me? You know, that's that's huge. That's bigger than boxing. You know, that's why, you know, to me, that like that's probably my favorite fighter, Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Yeah, and every boxing fan has a has a spot in their heart for for Muhammad Ali, definitely. And yeah. I, I think these guys are uh, the the heavyweights, the current heavyweights, are are making Ali proud wherever he is. So uh, I think so. Yeah, where, wherever so. he is watching these fights, he's like, yeah, yeah. I approve. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, man. Yeah, I think so too, man. Um, it's it, it was it was crazy when honestly when he when he passed away, I ain't gonna lie, I, I, a few tears came out my eyes, man. It's, it was it was. It was crazy. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet him once. You know, wow. uh, I met him, and um, I remember uh, it was when Tyson was in a fight. Both uh, he got got off the suspension from the fight with Holyfield, and and um, we were at the at the weigh in, and Shelly Finkel, that was my brother's manager, he's like, "Hey, hey, uh, come up here. Mike wants to meet you." I was like, "What?" Fernando's like, "What?" Tripping out, and then Mike, Mike. <laughs> was like yeah. and then my brother looked back like like he thought he was yelling at somebody else and he saw my brother and he comes up to my brother and he's like hey what's up man you're like me I, I fucking love you you're a fucking savage like me i was like oh <laughs> shit you know i remember playing mike tyson punch out yeah. and i'm like looking at that i'm like and he like loved my brother i was like man that's crazy so that's like the highlight for me of the day and then this guy comes and says that oh he's muhammad ali's representative that muhammad ali wanted to meet my brother and I was like, yeah, right. And he sure did. He came, <laughs> and and Ali came, and he was still, you know, he still had his 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 uh his his speech was still pretty, you know, you could understand what he was saying and stuff. And 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 he was like, champ, and he's like moving. Come on, champ. Come on, champ. He's saying that to my brother, and my brother's like, no, no, no. And he puts his hand, my brother puts his hand, no, no, no. And he grabs my brother's hand and he kisses my brother's hand. Like wow. I have the picture. I have that picture. I've seen it on your Instagram. Yes. Yeah, yes, man. Yes, yes. You know, so so that's you know that guy was, you know, uh, I think every every fighter would have loved to meet him. Yeah, and every fighter needs to have a little bit of Muhammad Ali too. Uh, Absolutely. Such a great person, like you said. Uh, it's it's bigger than boxing. It's bigger than boxing, and and if you have such a a big platform where you can truly show what you believe in and fight for what you believe in, then just take advantage of it. It, it goes back to taking Absolutely. those opportunities, like for big fights. If you have an opportunity to speak out for what you believe in, do it. I mean, it, yeah. it only comes once or twice, maybe that's it. But, uh, and that's, that's the yeah. thing is that, uh, when you're, in, when you're in a position, uh, you know, when you become big in that sport, in this sport, you know, it's, it's not just about you. It's about what you can do for other people. You know what I mean? That's, I'm a true, I'm a true believer that, um, I'm, but I, I, I believe in, in helping others big time. So when people step out of their element and, and their comfort zone to help people and do it from the heart, you know, it just shows you uh, uh, how great, how great a, a person can be. You know, um, uh, Ali did that. You know, you know, a lot of people talk smack about Floyd. Uh, well, he's always uh, posting his money and he's posting this. But a lot of people don't know that Floyd does a lot of stuff and he just doesn't. He just doesn't broadcast it. You know what I mean? He doesn't. You know when um, Rudy Hernandez is uh, my boy. I don't know if you know Rudy Hernandez. He's uh, Chicanito Hernandez's brother. 
You yeah. know, um, yeah. he's a great trainer. He's a cut, good cut man. He's, he's works with a lot of great fighters. My boy Rudy, I've known him for a long time, man. He's known me since I was a kid. His brother used to call me Showboat when I used to box. So <laughs> I wonder why. I, yeah, man. I've known them, yeah, I've known them forever. They, so good, good people, good people. Rudy, one of my good, good friends. You know, he told us, um, you know, Chicanito, rest in peace. He was a great man. He, he died of cancer. Uh, you know, that was the first guy Floyd fought for a world title. Mm-hmm. Floyd paid for all the funeral expenses. Yes, that that, that know, is a very famous story. Yeah, you know, yeah, and any 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 any, you know, he he's, I've heard he's done a lot of things like that, man. And and but see, people just want to broadcast the bad, you know. Um, when you have, I mean, when you have money like that, it's. It, that's what's gonna come with it, the, mm-hmm. the 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 hate and the negativity. But deep down, if you're doing right, you know you won't you won't you won't keep getting blessed with more if you're not doing right. You yeah. know, yeah. So that's uh, what I believe. At some point, karma is gonna bite you in the ass, and that's it. Yeah, that's a wrap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, man. Uh, actually, Floyd Mayweather is my favorite fighter of all time. I'm not saying he's the greatest of all time, but he's my favorite fighter of all time. Uh, so yeah. the, the you talking about Floyd Mayweather like that it got me a little bit warm inside. I'm like, all right, you know, yeah. he's not that no, bad I, of a guy. I, I love Floyd. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the guy that backs up Floyd all the time. I fucking love Floyd. I love the way he fights, man. He's, yeah, of course. Yeah, he's a freaking genius. The way he fights in the ring, like you know, and, and a lot of people are like, um, well, he was running with man. Running? What was he running? Running is what Oscar DeLoya did with Trinidad rounds nine through twelve. <laughs> That's running. Floyd yeah. stands right in front of you, man. He's right in. He's right there in the pocket. And then, like when Mosley hurt him, and you know the only reason why he was able to bounce, you know, he, he like literally just stopped fighting. All right, let's go, let's go. He got hurt, and yeah. you know he got hurt. Yeah, you know you can see it in his legs. But the, you know what saved him is the fact that he trains like an animal. And if you're not in shape, you'll get knocked out from a punch like that. You'll be out. But the way he trains, he keeps himself in shape. That's why he survived that. And then what did he do? He turned it around and just put it on Mosley, you know? Yeah. That showed a lot. That showed a lot. That's the you type of stuff I mean? that I miss, man. Seeing Floyd Mayweather in the ring. That, yeah. That's that's a guy that we're truly probably not going to see again or someone even close. They try well, to supposedly make he's, tra- hey, he's training right now. And him and, and Manny, they put out a video. Both of them, they're both putting the bag. Like, honestly, look, I think. I think uh, I think they're gonna fight again. Okay, I think they're gonna fight again. Right. I think so. You know, um, there was a video of him in Japan, and Manny comes up to him, and he's like, "I'm, a, I'm gonna kick your ass again." Floyd, look, you want to know how I think it went down the first time? You want to uh-huh. know why? Why I think why it took? Okay, look, first the the first fight didn't happen. Or the, it didn't it didn't happen until it did. Why Manny didn't want to do the 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 vada testing? Why mm. did he want to do the vital testing? Like, uh, to me, I don't know how you're going to come up from flyweight. And not taking anything away from it, but how you going to come from flyweight and be knocking dudes out at 154? Come on, bro. Floyd changed his whole style. I mean, he was knocking dudes out at 130, 135. He didn't bit at 140. When he got to 47 and he even fought at 54, he boxed more. He moved more. You know, um, a lot of people don't remember that. A lot of people just wanted to, oh, he's, he moves moves too much. He moves too Okay, well... How come Manny didn't want to do the, the testing? That's why the fight didn't want to, it didn't happen until he finally agreed to it. Okay, he agreed to it, and um, look what happened. Yeah. You know, um, that's truly what I think. And I think also what also held it back was that, 
you know, Oscar, when he fought Floyd, he kind of did a bit of a Don King thing. Don King, if you used to beat his fighter, he had the, the right of refusal for you for the next few fights. So, Oscar, why do you think it was saying Golden Boy promotions on Floyd's fights? Because Oscar owned a piece of it. He goes, look, all right, let's get this fight. Oh, you'll get the fight. Oscar's not stupid. All right, I, if I lose, well, at least I, I'm going to get money off you because I'm going to have a few of your more of your fights. So they both waited because uh, uh, Manny fought Oscar too. And the same thing. So Oscar was getting paid off him. So they said, let's wait till our stuff runs out with him and then we'll fight. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I, legit. Why are you yeah. going to pay this, uh, this big chunk to him? He's not doing anything, you know? So, yeah, well, he has some equity in the company, so exactly. of course you're gonna have to pay off. Um, so, well, that's some more interesting facts from Roger himself. Wow, I I did not know that 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 yeah, uh man. that last part, but uh, this whole testing, and I've had some some conversations, some friendly discussions with my friends. I've been one to think that you know Manny Pacquiao was definitely on something. If you're not guilty, yeah, you you are gonna act like if you're not guilty. But if you are guilty, you're gonna avoid a lot of stuff. Uh, you're gonna make excuses for yourself, or whatever. One excuse that I heard, and I may be, I may be even remembering wrong, but that Manny was afraid of needles. He yeah. has like three tattoos, man. Exactly. How are you gonna be afraid of needles? Exactly. That that's that's. It blows my mind. That's what too. I said too. That's what I said too. That's what I said too. <laughs> I, I don't no, know, but you know what? He, no, because one of the tattoos, one of the tattoos, is of his wife Jinky, and and uh-huh. and that and I heard that was when he was running amok. He wasn't scared of the needles then when she when she caught him cheating. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. we're going out to say we're we're becoming a more Polish show now, but <laughs> but yeah, he wasn't scared then, you know, but yeah, you. They're gonna fight again. I'm pretty sure they'll fight again. I'm sure we'll get that fight, man. You know, uh, we'll watch, be able to watch Floyd school somebody one more time. One more time, yeah. That's all I'm asking yeah. for. Just, just one more time. All right, Roger. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time. Uh, do you want to plug away your social media so people can follow you, your training, all that good stuff? Yeah, man. I'm um, just uh, Roger underscore Romo uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, Roger Romo. Um, I appreciate I appreciate the call, man, and it was good chatting it up with you, brother. For sure, you're gonna be. Uh, we gotta, we, yeah, we gotta do it again. Oh yeah, you're gonna be a frequent guest on the show, and if you're ever around Chicago, just uh, just hit me up and we'll meet Absolutely. up like we did when, when we first met over there at the Wayans. That was a pretty cool experience. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm glad Absolutely. your your fighter won. He, he he got that victory, and now he's on. Yeah. He's on with his career, so good for him, yeah, good for man. all you guys. Uh, you guys are definitely putting the, the, the sport of boxing on a whole different level. You've been doing it over there in Oxnard for a long time. And uh, the the fighters with the biggest balls come out of there. So, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah man, thank you guys for what you've been doing for boxing. Uh, as a fan, I'm telling you this. And uh, let's do it again sometime, man. This was pretty Absolutely, cool. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely, right. brother. Great talking to you. For sure. Roger Romo, everyone. My man. Have a good one. You too, man. Thank you. All right, brother. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that'll do it for the very first episode of the Dirty Brawlers podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I know this was a long episode, but when you have people like this on the show, you're not going to cut them off. That's rude. These people are freaking smart, and they've been working for hours on on this information that they want to give out to you, the people. So I just want to thank Roger Romo, of course, of 
fucking cool ass dude shout out to him follow him on twitter on instagram and twitter too at roger underscore romo uh miguel ocampo mike strauss um they're gonna be frequent on the show all three of the guys that that were on today are gonna be frequent on the show and uh man you guys are just unbelievable so we're gonna do it again next no not next tuesday we're gonna do it two weeks from wednesday why did i say tuesday i don't even know i'm that excited anyway if you want to follow the show you can follow us on twitter at dirty brawlers and you can follow me on twitter at alex perez fc that goes for instagram as well and uh instagram is the same for the dirty brawlers as well at dirty brawlers like the facebook page facebook.com slash dirty brawlers guys Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate that. Follow the show. Subscribe when it comes out on Apple Podcasts. It's only a matter of time. Uh, We got to put up an episode so that way Apple knows that we're actually an active podcast. And once they see that we have some activity, they'll be like, all right, we want to have you guys on our platform. So, yeah, again, I'm going to sound redundant, but thank you. Thank you so much. What an episode. What an experience. We'll see you in two weeks. Have fun at the fights if you're going to go or if you're going to watch it. Just have fun. UFC 235. That's it from me. Take care. Goodbye.